Hi, this is Richard Swart with the Information Security Media Group, publishers of BankInfoSecurity.com and CUInfoSecurity.com. Today we'll be speaking with Ken Newman, who's the Vice President of American Savings Bank. Uh, let me start that over. Today we'll be speaking with Ken Newman, who joined American Savings Bank as the Vice President of Security Management in 2005. Who has an extensive experience over 15 years in information security, is also with Deutsche Bank and the Citigroup. How are you doing, Ken? Uh, fine, thank you, Richard. How are you? Doing well. Let's start off with talking about what are the greatest threats to information security in the banking and finance industries now? Well, Richard, there shouldn't be much of a surprise to, to anybody, but in the financial services space, the greatest threat is the uh, exposure or risk of exposure of confidential customer information. Uh, we see repeated uh, entries uh, in the media all the time for different institutions that had some kind of breach, whether through their own efforts or, or not, and information was exposed. It's bad for the institution. It's bad for the customers. It runs afoul of, of regulatory requirements. It impacts customer confidence in an institution. So, so overall, the threat to customer information is still the big one out there for financial services. Well, what are some of the best practices that you and your colleagues are seeing in terms of preventing those data leakages or data losses of customer information? Well, as a, as a starting point, uh, and this is one area where the, the regulations provided to, to financial institutions are fairly good and fairly accurate, uh, you need to start with uh, risk assessment. You need to understand what's going on in your environment what information is out there today, who has access to it, what level of controls are around, and then are those controls appropriate to protect that information. So with a baseline risk assessment, you can really understand the landscape of the threats to you, and then look at remediation and gap analysis. Do you need more policies and procedures? Do you need more technical controls? What's management's overall appetite or tolerance for risk? What are they willing to handle? But if you start from that risk assessment and really understand what's going on in your environment and where your customer information is, you're, you're one step further along to really being able to effectively control it. That's great information. Let's change gears, though. You have an extensive background in training and education, and there's a lot of research showing that training and education is oftentimes the most effective single thing you can do to prevent losses or to deal with security threats. Why do you think training is so important? Well, I think training is important for several reasons. I'll, I'll agree right off the bat and say that it is one of the most effective as well as one of the most cost-effective things that can be part of any security program. And I would say that aside from the idea of the risk assessment we were just talking about and strong policies and procedures, training is one of the foundations of a good security program. The main reason being we're, if we're looking to protect the assets of the organization, and especially in financial services, again, we're looking to protect customer information. That customer information is in the hands of all your employees and staff all across your organization. And every one of those individuals, whether it's a senior manager 
or a clerk needs to understand their requirements to protect that information and keep it safe. So every single one of those individuals needs some level of security training. So they understand the regulations and why the bank has to protect customer information. They understand the bank's business and why they have that information. And then they understand what some of the threats are, for example, social engineering, and what they need to do to individually protect that information when it's in their possession. That's sort of a tall order for training. What I can imagine that being challenging for some banks. What are the challenges that they face, and do you have any ideas of best practices for actually implementing effective training programs? Well, one of the biggest challenges is in most organizations, there's already a host of training going on. There's business-related training, there's banking industry-related training, there may be professional development or leadership type of training that different areas in the, the organization may already have to take. So if we talk about information security training and the training to protect customer information, we need to figure out how to get some time for employees to actually deliver that training. Whether we're talking about doing it face-to-face -face or whether we're talking about doing it remotely or even doing something computer-based if the institution has a, has a solution like that. Um, if, a, if a teller in a branch that you know is a relatively basic employee core to the organization um, has a large amount of access to customer information and already goes through a great deal of training already, the challenge is indeed getting some time slices with them to provide security-related training. What I found to be most effective is to work with the training department, work with the human resources department, and integrate components of information security training to protect customer information into all the existing training programs. So it doesn't matter whether you're training a basic teller or someone's going through intermediate teller training, advanced teller training, or some other kind of business training, there's a piece, there's a module that's in it, and it may not be a, a huge module. It doesn't necessarily have to be to get the basic message out there if you can repeat it on at least an annual basis, but there's a component to provide that information security content to every level of the staff in conjunction with other training that they may have. That can be more palatable to the business. It can also be more cost-effective. And again, whether it's face-to-face, uh, -face, whether it's done remotely or whether it's done electronically, the basic message can fit into an existing framework. What about the times that you have access to the board of directors and you need to provide training to them? What works? Mm. For the board or senior management, it's that much harder. You have that much less time with them uh, because of their stature, their level, and what they do for the organization, and especially a board that may not be full-time engaged in the organization, you don't have the same bandwidth of time to get in front of them and deliver training. Uh, it may not even be formal training. It may just be you have an opportunity on, a, on an annual basis to present 
and report the status of your security program to the board, but you need to make use of every opportunity to deliver some kind of content and educate the board. And I find what is most effective, whether you're talking about senior management or whether you're talking about the lowest level individual in the organization, is to make it personal and relevant to them. Behavior is very, very difficult to alter. And if you want people to think about information security and be more aware of information security, it's got to be personally relevant to them, whatever level they're at. What I always like to do is ask people to think about their own personal information, how concerned they would be if it got exposed, and then to think about how many organizations around the world might already have their personal information as part of regular business practice, and wouldn't they like to think that those other organizations are protecting their information? And then all of our employees and our board, I ask them to do the same thing. I ask them to treat our customers' information in that same way. The added message to the board is to introduce value that comes from the information security program, that comes from protecting these types of things. So I always like to report to the board and engage them in different activities we may do in the community where beyond training our staff to protect customer information, we go out and we deliver awareness and we add value to the community through our information security program. Well, that's an interesting point. I mean, many banks 10, 15 years ago would not have thought of delivering content out to the community, which really suggests there's been a sea change in the field of information security. How would you say the field has changed in the past few years or decade, and what's new? Well, the biggest obvious changes in the last decade or so have been the regulatory changes going back to GLBA in financial services and, and everything we've seen since. Similar regulations in other industries now and even state-specific regulations. I think now there are 39 states that have their own regulations around identity theft or protecting customer information or breach notification similar to the uh, California law that came into effect in 2003, I think. So with all of that, the regulatory landscape has changed substantially. And because of that, um, notification in the event of a loss of customer information has become far more common. So I think the public's awareness to that sort of thing has increased. And because of that, there are more expectations, there are more questions that come back to us in financial services. Whenever, as part of our security program, we do go out to the community, whether we're providing awareness about identity theft and how to reduce your risk, or whether we're providing a service to the community like we've done in the past to um, shred for free personal documents of people in the community that might not have access to, to high-quality shredding devices themselves, we always get strong turnout, strong response, and strong interest because the community is concerned and they want to protect themselves and they want to take the right steps, but they turn to us for guidance and assistance. So really that regulatory change in the community awareness is what's expanded 
the idea of security training and why it's absolutely mandatory inside the organization, but today it also spreads beyond the organization as well. Well, last question for you, Ken. This has been a really interesting interview, but given those changes you're talking about, the regulatory environment and the shift to customer focus, I would suspect that many information security professionals probably aren't prepared or don't have essential skills. What are skill gaps or knowledge gaps that you see for people just starting their careers today in information security, and what do they need to learn to catch up? I think the biggest gap that I've seen, and it's just the nature of how information security has evolved as a technology discipline and how many of the original frameworks around information security and information security training that have come to us from the federal and the government sector have been very technically focused. Because of those things, many of the training programs today still maintain that strong technical focus. And a common track for information security practitioners is to come out of the purely technical world. The gap then is the business skills, the communication skills, the interaction skills aren't always there. And we see that in a lot of the programs today. The technical programs are very, very strong, the technical courses and components and the different training options that are out there, but the non-technical aspects aren't always as clear. There may be a component of legal and regulatory requirements, understanding compliance, there may be a bit about ethics in computer security, but there still isn't yet a great deal of communication. How to understand the business, how to interact with all levels of the business. Those are the pieces today, I think, that new folks coming up in information security need to look around for because they're not going to find them clearly in the traditional programs and curricula that they're, that they're part of today. And they may need to look at some, some courses or training or certification that today is outside of the field, but provides more of those types of skills and really puts the human personal communication factor back into security because it's core today in everything we do. Even if we go beyond training and we go back to talking about the idea of a risk assessment and effective risk management, the information security professional needs to be able to communicate with a business person on their level in understanding of risk and threat and get the business person to understand those risks, believe that they are important and understand that some kind of corrective action or some kind of change in behavior is required. And a pure technical understanding of security will never do that. I've, I've seen it fail time and time again where a security person goes in and talks about uh, the need for encryption or the need for some particular technology, but it's not tied to a specific threat and it doesn't take into account the risk that the business is willing to take to perceive a return in revenue for the endeavor. Security people need to better understand how to have those communications if they're going to help business people in financial services and in any other industry more effectively manage risk and then reduce the risk of some threats to the organization. Well, that's great insight on these changes. Well, thank you for your time today, Ken. Thank you, Richard. I appreciate the uh, the opportunity to share some of what I've learned. Thank you for listening to another podcast with the Information Security Media Group. 
For other podcasts or educational content regarding information security for the banking and finance community, please visit www.bankinfosecurity.com or www.cuinfosecurity.com.